Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy, Molly and Rachel, and today we're very excited to be joined by a good friend of ours who you might know on Instagram as Naturally Swift. This episode is going to be absolutely chaotic because we're talking to Graham. Hello, hello everyone. Thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. I feel like an absolute celebrity. I don't know what Taylor Swift feels like. Yeah, you won't be grateful that we've got you on here in like five minutes. It's, it's <laughs> not going to be fun. <laughs> Sound like I'm going to be absolutely inter- interrogated. Like, What makes you qualified to join us, Graham? Cool question, actually. Yeah, because I'm not qualified in very much, actually, overall. But, um, well, I think... Um, in fairness, I've known all you guys for a good couple of years now. And um, I, maybe not so much in like, I don't know, recent years, but I used to be on Instagram a fair bit. Um, and I don't know, back during the glory days, of like 1989 and um, Reptor and stuff like that. So um, I feel like that, that part of my life, um, I don't know, somehow qualifies me to, to turn up on this podcast. That's all I have to say on that. Some would matter. say you're mm-hmm. a veteran Swifty for being online during the golden days like that. I just and that's leech, why you're qualified. Yeah, maybe I just leech off uh, Rachel's knowledge most of the time. To be honest, and I'm like, yeah, whatever she said, yeah, definitely right. I think right, we all like. do that. I, think we all do that. <laughs> I feel I like you're considered a veteran Swifty, though. You have to have been like Taylor Connect. That's why I don't qualify. Oh yeah, I wasn't. You have to that. have like the Lily of the Valley badge on Taylor Connect, which means yeah. you joined in like the first launch of it. <laughs> That was me. That was me at 12, ticking that box. Like, yeah, I'm 13 years or older. <laughs> you had to reach, like, a Swifty level on the Swift life. No, oh God, no, no. That's, no. Not even Taylor sank to that level. Actually, she didn't wait. even use her own app after a while, did she? <laughs> after, like, a week. Did you ever use it at all? To be honest? Did anyone ever use it at all? I tried to, but it was just me. Did your battery get really, really hot yeah. whenever you were on it? It was very yeah. slow and clunky. I remember that, all right? It was. I, I think I deleted it after times. 10 minutes. So Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah it, it, was really was a, it was a short phase. It was the flower mu- mural time, wasn't it? I, I feel like that that was the end of, like, the golden days on Instagram. <laughs> like, it, it really No, did. that was... The golden days were done at that point. That That's was what I mean. hellfire. <laughs> the golden days... In my opinion, the golden days were, like, speak now. I will say people were genuinely nice at that time. But I, honestly, in my opinion, at least, I've been on social media within the fan base since 2009. When Twitter came in, that was when it got disgusting because Taylor Connect was really very contained and it was very well moderated. And everyone was genuinely really nice on that. And when it came to Twitter, that's when it was like, oh, my God, you deserve cancer. Like death threats came in. That was when it was horrible. And I remember in award shows, Taylor used to be like, my fans are genuinely nice. Like, they're genuinely really nice people. They won't ever say, insert, you should die. Then I'm like, girl, have you been on Twitter? That is what they all say. I don't know. Like, like Graham, I haven't really been on Instagram. I haven't, I, I've gone off Instagram now. I don't think I'll ever go back to it. And same with Twitter. I, haven't, I don't even have them on my phone anymore. But I've kind of been moving away from it for a few years. And that's why I love this podcast so much, because it's like our own space to do these things in. That was a really great advert for Twitter Swifties, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. They're all going to come at you now in the comments. <laughs> Twitter Swifties don't even know what podcasts are. Let's be real. Twitter Swifties are like 15 years old and under. Most of them anyway. I like uh-huh. Twitter. 
I like Twitter oh. for stalking. I don't think I've ever tweeted anything, except accidentally. I went on my Twitter the other day and I had like 10 tweets and they were all just like retweets of shit. No, no, not even retweets. Like I've, I've tweeted random links. I don't know if someone's hacked my Twitter or like... <laughs> that just, like but one was like winning a competition. What about okay. Tumblr? What, what's your guys' opinion on like the Tumblr fan base? Because I don't know, I know, I don't know about you two, but I know Graham remembers me being like 19 years old and really upset and calling him because somebody said that I was like a Nazi on Tumblr mm. or something. Do you remember that I was like a racist Nazi like yeah. years and years and years and years and years ago? And it really, I'd actually like genuinely upset me and I was crossed myself for how upset I was getting, but it's like, obviously, disclaimer, I'm not a racist Nazi. What was it even about? Um, I can't remember. Someone... You, uh, well, you managed to get away with, um, no one's realised you're an anti-vaxxer yet, but, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it was, it was after, I think it was after, um, like when Donald Trump got elected and I think you're kind of like, okay, I would like to, like, why do people, like people have oh, voted for him, yeah. why, why did you vote for him, like out of genuine interest and people were like, oh my God, you're a Donald Trump supporter. That was, was it. Like, that was it. That's I was like, well, the majority obviously voted for him. Like, I want to know why. And someone was like, oh my God, she's pro-Trump. That was it, yeah. <laughs> that was it. I was like, no, I'm just like shocked. Like, why did people vote for him? But do you know what I mean? I remember that. Yeah, no, I didn't remember it until you mm. said it then. But that like really soured me to Tumblr. I remember like I changed my username or something. But then like a few years later, I kept getting tagged in something and I clicked on it and it was like, at Dark Blue Tennessee, she's a racist Nazi. She posted this fucking this many years ago and she's changed her username from this to this so and I was like on this list of like like racist Swifties or something and it's like it's so scary because it's like I'm thinking oh my god if I genuinely saw that list and I had no relation to it I'd be like wow these people are all racist but it's like are some of them genuine and some of them are just like me or yeah true yeah that's kind of why I was just like this is so it is toxic and it does affect you Mm. yeah I I never never liked like that yeah no, it's, it's always felt a bit thing. like every man out for himself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and like when everyone's trying to get Taylor noticed. Was online, oh my god! Taylor was online, and everyone was reblogging the it just same used to piss post me off. over and over. Hated it so much. When she left Tumblr, that was a very big mic drop, and that that definitely was like a shift in how she has interacted with her fans ever since then. Like, was it right after Lover she left? I because think so. of because of that incident what was it she reblogged something like as a fan somebody went back and edited it like taylor we're really not happy with your political stance and how you oh yeah it was something she liked this 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 and this and it was like such a stab in the back almost like you do something nice for a fan like you you retweet their post or something and they go back and do that to you ouch and she's not been on in like three years because of that good to be honest good Mm. I'm I'm glad she distanced herself from that platform because the people on there are just annoying. People on like podcasts, so the best, yeah. the best kind, yeah. It's maybe more of an older generation that's doing it. I hate calling us the older generation, <laughs> but I think that's what we're at right now. Like if you really a, like if you actually remember Love Story being released in real time, I a don't. lot of people a lot yes, you, you do. Know. It was 2008. Yes, you Amy. do. I have a terrible memory, I'm sorry. Like, don't I just remember Bebo? It was a bit like MySpace, but the UK version. No, really old. No, fucking clear. Bebo, I remember Bebo. Bebo was going out Thank when you, I was coming into school. Like, yeah, Graham's like six months 12. older than me, so and I started. <laughs> yeah, okay, just on the internet, we... really young. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so damaging. Yeah, I really, really was though. Should we kind of try and get back onto the main sort yes. of schedule that I had? <laughs> um. So 
let's start with when and how did you become a Taylor Swift fan from like Ireland? <laughs> yes. Um, I just like the way you threw that in there. Um, but yeah, very good question. I was actually going through this. I can't remember who, somebody recently I was talking, I was kind of recounting this again because it's been so long, like now that I've kind of half forgotten it. But um, like I, I don't know, I, I used to listen to it all. Like this is when I was probably about like 16 or 17. I was dreadful, uh, like music snob. Oh, woeful. Like I'd never listened to like her or kind of basically any kind of pop music do you know what I mean and then um so I was big into and I kind of said I'm like call that like dad music do you know what I mean and um but anyway so I think I just kept on seeing her name come up and stuff like oh she's like most charitable celebrity or whatever and I was like oh that's cool like she seems nice um and then I just said I'd look her up one day and I came across uh, and everyone forgets about this incredibly well it's not that great but I still think it's underrated is the crossover she did with Def Leppard it's that on YouTube that is amazing yes, yeah I'm it's just with that. it's so like random like it's it's like I don't know but um so I watched that and I was like oh yeah like that's cool I actually I quite like that so I said oh, I'll look up a bit more and um so I watched Journey to Fearless and um then I was like oh like actually do you know what I actually just really like um like not just kind of like her like her singing with like Def Leppard or whatever, but um, like her actual music, which I w- wouldn't really have known um, or listened to at all, especially kind of like Journey to Fearless, obviously stuff that wouldn't have even been big in Ireland or in the UK, like but at that time and when it came out, you know, like Tim McGraw and stuff like that, um, like very early stuff. So yeah, I watched that. I thought it was really interesting. And then I watched uh, like Speak Now World Tour live as well, um, which like to this day, I just absolutely love. Like it's just absolute perfection like but um yeah so just kind of got into her then but um started buying the cds and whatnot and like started up instagram or whatever to kind of i'm not sure i think more or less just, just kind of like follow fan pages and stuff like that as well and then just kind of like made my own um but yeah i don't know i was, I was saying this to to um to somebody recently there was like an app which i forget the name of but you could download youtube videos back when the internet was even more the wild west than it is now and um, I remember like having a couple of her songs because I, I, I didn't go through all of her albums. Um, I just kind of like whatever YouTube like recommended to me or I might listen to or whatever. Um, so I had like just a really eclectic selection of songs that I had downloaded. Um, like there was like Fearless, the song, I think like You Belong With Me, and, like Girl At Home, which is a really random one for like one of your first songs. <laughs> you know um of first listen to and a couple of others I can't remember now but I remember like because I'm from a farming family like I used to go on the tractor dad and he'd hop out uh it's like like do stuff like physically connecting up the pipes and stuff to the tractor or whatever every so often and I'd just be sitting in the cab doing the like gears and stuff like that or like the controls inside and whenever he'd hop out I'd be out with the the old iPod touch fourth generation playing the songs or whatever just because i was so like i just really wanted to listen to them so um yeah like that's a few years ago now but um yeah then as i said just kind of started buying the cds and download instagram and stuff like that and um yeah i've been a lot monetarily worse off since taylor swift in a tractor is an image and a half <laughs> yeah like it's it's really it's 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 not the usual um you know journey i feel like 
most of the the fandom has gone through. I think you're the first person I've ever heard of being introduced to Tales of Through Death, the Death Leopard crossover. Honestly, absolute trailblazer I am. I'm telling you now, especially for Ireland as well. Like that's quite it's quite an unusual way to get into her. Really, I don't know why I'm keeping having my nationality thrown back at me here. <laughs> But yeah, I do think it's underrated. Like, I feel like no one's ever heard of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's way underrated in the fandom. Was it 2008, was it? It was November the 7th, 2008. Ah, yes. I've watched that so many times, though. It's a very good song, Pour Some Sugar On Me. Yeah, Mm. I wouldn't know it otherwise, to be honest. They're two incredibly different, like, artists, I think. And it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. I respect Def Leppard a lot for doing that with her at the level they were back then versus her. And it's something they've obviously never regretted doing like ever in their careers. But like Mm. a lot of, I don't know, I just feel like at the level that Def Leppard were versus the level she was at, that was a really nice thing for them to do. Yeah, because I'd say she must have been so much smaller at that time. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose maybe Mm. in America, if it was after, when did you say it was? November 2008. So Fearless Fearless would have been just about to be released. No, no, a couple of days away Fearless was. Oh, really? Yeah, so Love Story would have been out, but I don't... But was was Love Story like an instant hit or was it a bit of a grower? I feel like it was a grower know. because it wasn't officially it was. released in the UK until 2009. Phyllis was released we, mm. on the 11th, though, so that's mm. three days after. I always remember that because Reputation was November 10th, 2017. Fearless was... The anniversary of Fearless was the day after. And I think the 20th. Love was August 23rd, October. I think. Isn't October yeah, 27th of October? Which one's that? Debut. Oh, um, no, that's not. Yeah, debut. I think it's Red, October 22nd. I know that. Yeah. I, I remember it's that. 22nd one. and the 27th. I don't know which is the 27th. I think it might be 1989. Maybe there is no 27th. Yeah. No, I think it is debut. Should I Google it and see if you got it right? No, I don't think so. Oh, it wasn't. Sorry. 24th. Yeah. Hmm. It's all very, very similar. Speak Now was the 25th. Weird place, but okay. Uh, maybe that was it. The 27th! I knew it. I knew it was one of them. Yeah. It's the only one I know. That one and the 10th, because... Oh, December 10th was Evermore, wasn't it? December 10th. No, that was December 11th, it was 11th, wasn't it? 11th, but she announced it December 10th. Yeah. What was that? Graham, see what it takes to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I hope you don't quiz takes. me over when all the Taylor's versions are like. <laughs> we don't know it. <laughs> when Speak Now being released? Ah, oh, if I knew that now. Has that been released? No. <laughs> I've, I've, been say, I've, been, I've been a bit out of the loop lately. I really have. Like, I don't, like I said, I don't have Instagram or Twitter anymore. Mm. Could you have been that out of the loop, though, Rachel? Hey. Really? Could you have I been like that Amy out of the loop? You. No, honestly, I feel like I could have. Because I every time I go on TikTok and I I hear it like um, an audio. I saw somebody. Have you seen that guy that like remixes Taylor songs and they're really really good on TikTok? He'll do like Death by a Thousand Cuts and like the Story of Us or something. He was like, oh my god, Taylor sent me fucking the Story of Us Taylor's version um, to promote, and I was like, wait, she actually did that with Olivia and Conan. So I was listening to it. I'm like, wait, shit, this sounds like this sounds legit. But he'd just taken it from like a recent live performance. And produced it right, and I was like googling, like, oh my god, like, what have I missed here? <laughs> I, I've been out the like, for a while. Make things like that, though. Like, we are such a it's gullible good fandom. Oh, that is yeah. disgustingly I mean, true. Do you remember the Kelsey Ballerini Roses drama from like vaguely? Oh yeah, God, was it 2015? So. Was it? 
Kelsey posted a snippet of a song on, I think it was her Snapchat <gasps> oh, yeah, no, story. Oh, yeah, I do remember this. And everybody just like was like, oh my God, that's Taylor. That's Taylor's song. It just oh, spread yeah. everywhere. And it had nothing to do with Taylor, but everyone was just so convinced. Yeah. I'd love that to go back true. and look at all the theories that people post before like an album oh, comes God, out. Well, no. it's because people thought 1989 was going to be called Roses because yeah. on Taylor's 24th birthday, she threw, was it a Melbourne garden party with mm. Roses and then Abigail oh, yeah. like changed her Twitter banner to Roses. Everyone was like, oh shit, it's Roses. This is it. <laughs> I remember that. We, we were all so sold on stupid it. as a fandom. Truly it was, it was the reputation yeah. stuff that, that got me. I think it's it's Blackout. all gone downhill since there. Eclipse. It was when people were analysing yeah. the code for the the website and the colours from the code. <laughs> and it all just went so like, I was like, no, I need to get off this now. Anything that adds up to like 13, <laughs> then it's like, yeah, that, that's the date it's coming out, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so true. Do you remember somebody like took a picture of the the bank, like the, the vault door and they're like, what do you maybe do music video? And they were like, this is a clock and it's from Taylor Swift's new music video. And everyone was like, the album is about time. It's called Time. Oh yeah. Time yes. is the 13th hour. That was it, yeah. <laughs> Do you not remember the timeless theory? I literally gave up Honestly, at that point. No. I was like, it's gonna come out in like five days. It will be what oh it will God. be. I've got no. five shifts to work between now and then. There's stuff on TikTok where people are like, um, like they'll they'll see something she does now and they'll link it back to like the 1989 era. And she's like, oh, she hinted at this in the shake it off music video. <laughs> but I don't think she knew she was re-recording. I she mean, oh God, it's yeah. I have so much respect for her. I think she's incredibly smart, but she's not that smart. She's not a I just fortune think teller. she cares that much. Yeah. True. But I do think that when she sees people making connections, not that she does anymore because she doesn't really look at stuff like that and fair play to her, but when she used to, she definitely used to like things and be like, oh yeah, I planned that. She one million percent used to do that. Absolutely. I love, um, I think it was during the me music video or something, I can't remember. And everyone's like, oh, looking for hints, adding up everything, going mad, trying to see what the like album was going to be called. And literally in the background, there was like, lover in massive, like, sign neon, right? And <laughs> so she, she had the no nerve to tweet. It. No one's seen it. Yeah, literally. Yeah, she had the nerve to tweet that. Like, Absolutely. yeah, you haven't seen it if you watched it with your eyes shut. Yeah. Like, now we know you want us just to break the Vivo record for the views on this. Like, you know damn well we've all seen it. <laughs> she was just making us rewatch it over and over and over again. She is very, very, very clever. That is the reason her videos get so many views, mm. is because people look for Easter eggs. There's a lot in the videos, mm. to be fair, yeah. But that's kind of why I love the folklore and the Evermore eras, like, so much. I mean, I suppose we, we count them as one era, I guess, but it just... It was what it was. There really wasn't that many hidden messages. There weren't a million music videos. There wasn't stress about tour tickets, which kind of was a shame. But it was also nice just to like very enjoy it, very stress-free, in my opinion. And there weren't any like songs deliberately written for radio because I think typically within the like deeper fan base, we never particularly the, the songs that end up being the lead singles are never the favorite. And you're like, oh my God, like the album is so much different. It's definitely like a bait and switch. But because she just wrote it with no intention of like this being an encore song or this being like the big song everyone gets to dance to, or this is the song where the fireworks go off. It was just very, I don't know what's the word to describe it. It just felt like very authentic, original Taylor writing. It was, it had a lot of throwbacks to the debut. And I know we've done an episode on this before, but it's worth saying again. That was a really enjoyable era for me. And I don't think we'll ever get one like that again. 
Okay, Graham, next question. Any of Thank your you. favorite Taylor moments? Yeah, very good her question. Career? Oh, yeah. Your personal in the same stadium as her moments? Anything, go for it. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Okay, well, um, yeah, the concerts, obviously, you know, I'm sure we'll come back to that, I think, in, in a minute. But, um, like, I suppose in a general sense, one thing that I, I really enjoyed um, kind of being around for or whatever, a lot was actually when, like, when she, remember the dollar thing? When, like, she won yes. the, like, sexual assault trial and everyone took, like, a picture with, like, a dollar and stuff like that. That's actually one of the moments I really look back on, like, quite like I don't know like fondly or like proudly or something like it was kind of cool like it was just kind of like oh yeah you know it's nice to look up to somebody that's like good musician like writes good words do you know what I mean like that's cool and all but it was kind of really nice to have something that was kind of part of like a bigger conversation or like social kind of issue or something like that because especially at that time she wouldn't have been as outspoken I think like on yeah on stuff like that Taylor on like you know politics or whatever um but uh, yeah, so that, that's something that I thought was quite cool. It's like when everyone's kind of like supporting her and, and that. Um, yeah, that's the one moment that I really think was was quite cool. Do you guys, what, what do you think? Do you remember that? That feels like a long time ago now. It was a long time mm. ago. That was five years ago this year. But it had a lot Fucking of lasting hell. power. Because do you remember a, exactly a year later, she was playing a show and during All Too Well, she started giving a speech about it. And a lot of people like held up a dollar in the, mm. in the audience that night. Just make solidarity. So it did. I, I really agree with what you're saying there. Yeah. Because it's something I feel that's like kind of overlooked or kind of forgotten about and kind of got get buried a little bit maybe in the whole thing about like, you know, Scooter Brown, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that's Just say that Scooter was Brown. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how you... What, what are you all laughing Scooter, at? Scooter Brown. I don't know. It looks like brown to me. It's not I think it begins with the same letter, ends with the same letter. Yeah, like you say palatable instead of palatable. <laughs> yeah, no. Me? Orange yes, you. I can't say anything yet, it's true, but I know how to pronounce brown and brawn. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I will say one of my favourite Taylor moments with Graham was when me and him went to Croke Park Stadium. We yes. did, we're going to meet up. We didn't go together, but we were going to meet up there. I was going with... Or was it like Lottie Lawrence and uh, like, I think people, that was yeah. it. Yeah, and you were there with some other people, but we were going to meet up together. We both got snake pit that night out of 82,000 people. And there are three mm. snake pits. We get there, we're both in the same snake pit. Out of 82,000 people, that was kismet. Honestly, yeah, we were the, the main chances. characters that night. We were. <laughs> yeah, we were like, yeah, I remember that was... Oh, that was just so much fun so we, we, I don't know there was just there was like enough room for us to kind of like dance around and stuff like that and I remember dancing at you to something I actually don't remember what song it was now we were absolutely going ballistic and it, it was mean. great crack. we went we went crackhead at Mean when that came on we really yeah, did yeah she was off down the fire around the stadium favorite. couldn't even see her but we, we had a great time that was my favourite concert I've ever been to was when me and you got Snake Pit and we get there and we're both in it together that night that yeah, was yeah. insane it was brilliant the chances yeah. on it so slim and I remember like hanging yeah. around taking pictures afterwards and which is actually one of the nicest part of a concert yeah. I think Do you know when mm-hmm. everyone everyone else kind of boots home to beat the traffic or whatever it's really nice then I feel like all the, the hardcore people are standing around picking up confetti. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember we made friends with the security guard? What was his name? Jack or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Banging. Yeah, great night we had. I actually, I ran into him at the 
because he obviously just worked like a security company or whatever. And I ran into him in at the Dublin Horse Show, uh, like a couple of months later I can't remember mm. and uh, I went off tried chatting with him take a selfie of him and all he didn't have a clue who I was <laughs> he was sound though honestly he was like you guys are all crazy for like dressing up and like flying from a different country to come here but yeah. he was also like down with it at the same time <laughs> oh yeah he's glued to it yeah. so he was he was yeah <laughs> that's that's my favorite Taylor moment with you and probably all my all-time Aww. favorite Taylor moment to be honest that was yeah we were the main characters that's very oh. sweet mm-hmm. You're not too bad yourself, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> I love that your favourite Taylor moment is actually with a random security guard and not Taylor. <laughs> I mean, she was <laughs> there. She was like, right now. Do you know, it was actually like insane how close we were. It was a very tall mm. stage for reputation, but it was like like a lot of like eye contact was being made. It wasn't like fearless where she could like bend down and high five you or anything. But um, really, really cool. Really like... It was almost very much like this isn't real. Like pinch yourself. She's not right there in front of you. Because mm. even in 1989, remember the stage kind of lifts up and goes round, which mm. in and of itself was really cool. Um, and but I suppose just when you're when we were kind of close, that close anyway to the stage, we were lucky enough, obviously, with rep to be in the snake pit. Is that it wasn't like she kind of stood off on the stage and and went off. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like she kind of was like in front of us for the majority of the concert, kind of. So we were lucky that way. Yeah, I will say it wasn't the best view of the show I've ever had. So don't ever get snake pit because you're like, I'll get a really good view. Like, because it's such a huge stage. Like when she she like splits her time between the gym, it was like a fault stage. Yeah, like, splits yeah. her time between it. Um, but it's really cool. She will like start there and then she will literally like walk around you. So she's doing like almost pretty much a 360 around you. I had a better view the next night when I was in like um, the second block front row. Um, better like view of the whole stage. And she was still really, really, really close then. But um, just the experience that night, and probably just being there with you, with just the chances of it, it was like lottery. It was amazing. Yeah, because those mm-hmm. are such huge shows. Like you're literally standing on the the ground in like a football stadium. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or um, like a, a full on stadium. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's nice. It is nice to be kind of a bit farther back. So you take in more of the show, like. But it's kind of nice to be up front as well. And yeah, you feel the heat, don't you, from like the fireworks and the flamethrowers. They are very, very, very hot. And like the yeah. smoke, the smoke machines, I don't know how they all dance through it and sing through it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know how she um performs when she's running around like a madman. Like, yeah, how is she? If he's so winded, I feel breath. You missed a really good mad woman reference there. Oh, true. You can kick me out now, it's fine. <laughs> you have no regards in there, Jackie Weaver. Okay, so moving on from your favorite Taylor moment, favorite fandom moment, fan base moment. Um, you've kind of gone through. That I was going to say, I feel yeah, like your favorite uh, Taylor moment was your favorite. Yeah. I think the two of them are kind of linked. Like, do you, I, I find it very hard to kind of have uh, to kind of see Taylor without the fandom. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Um, because I don't know the the whole fandom part of it is just so built up or whatever, or like ingrained, um, that's hard to just kind of see her as like someone that you just listen to her, her music, like a different artist or whatever. Um, so yeah, so anytime she does anything, there's always such a reaction on, um, like on Instagram or whatever. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the, the, the two of them kind of are linked, like, um, but yeah, otherwise kind of favorite fandom moment would be, um, I definitely think like the concerts and stuff, because I think when you're going to them, I know it's been a while like since we've kind of any of us really been to uh, her tours, but you kind of feel like 
you're kind of at the center of the whole world or something like when that concert yeah. song is like the whole fandom is like look and see oh what's the surprise song or like you know is there going to be a special guest or like you know who's going um and especially because there's usually not that many shows in Europe as well um yeah the European true. fandom seems a bit smaller maybe than kind of the US one I'm not really sure but um yeah so you kind of feel like Oh, there's just so much going on like it's there's such a buzz and um, it's really nice to, like meet everyone especially I remember like at Reptor um before like meeting you know Rachel um and like the group that, that she was with and then like I said like my friends then run into people that you recognize and you wouldn't really necessarily know but, like just see so many people especially I went from Ireland to the UK for like one of the Manchester shows um and I know um, where this is going yeah, and I was oh, I couldn't believe it when I saw I my absolute idol and my stay Amy over there, and um, didn't recognize me. In fairness, I didn't recognize her either because I didn't have a clue who she was. But, we um, never spoken, <laughs> yeah. and we still haven't. Um, but <laughs> were you with Leah? I think you were with Leah, and I was with Ida. Ida, I remember. And that. They, you guys they looked were amazing. And we were just like stood there, like, yeah, your I'm costumes are amazing. You. Yeah, you're not acknowledging me. I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, so awkward. <laughs> yeah, and that thing is half the concert, like going to the concert, is actually just incredibly awkward. Um, and it's it's kind of stressful, <laughs> and you're absolutely starving. But um, it's true and dehydrated. And dehydrated, yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute ordeal. And you're up at like five (laughs) o'clock in the morning for some reason as well, always consistently. Like there's just no such thing as like going to a nice, comfortable like concert and then coming home. It just doesn't work that way. I know. That's the thing. I only ever really go to Taylor concerts. And I was like, oh, do I go to this Olivia Rodrigo concert? Obviously, we're not talking about that anymore. But (laughs) like I was just thinking, do you know what? It'd be so nice to go to a concert, not get there seven hours before it starts and not leave with like severe dehydration, malnutrition and no voice and not have like pulled muscles for the next three days. That would be so nice. I just can't do it at a Taylor Swift concert though. It's all or nothing. Yeah, that's true. It's so true. Like, yeah. Is that what normal people do? No, <laughs> I don't think that's normal for a concert. Wait, do yeah, you guys not? Do you not like lose your voice? You lose your voices after. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were saying like I wasn't normal no, for doing that. No, like, no, no, I mean seven hours before <laughs> up at five a.m. From the perception of the general public, it's definitely not normal. My mum went to a Paloma Faith concert like five years ago, and I was like, "Can you name one Paloma Faith song?" And she was like, "No." And I was like, "Why are you going to a concert then?" <laughs> and that's normal. What? I feel like you're subtweeting me and Molly there for like buying oh, yeah, tickets to, to see fair. Gracie Abrams and Griff. When I we don't, don't have know to tweet you words. anymore. There's no way I can subtweet this. <laughs> you know this. It was a turn of phrase, Rachel. <laughs> okay. But can I just, I will say my favorite fan base moment. I know the question wasn't directed at me, but feel free to interject if you It's want not to time for your, your opinions, own. Rachel. But it, it's about you two. It's when you guys oh. did the podcast in July with Leanne. I have listened to that so many times over. I loved that. I think that was my favorite episode ever as a fan base. And just, I always think back to when Abigail was like, me and Taylor are going to call you tonight. And Leanne's like, oh no, don't say that. And then don't call me. And then like, she did call. Like, I love that episode. In my opinion, it's our best episode ever. Uh, Excuse me, Rio. Rio. He Rio was, really was our good. best. Do you know what? Rio. Do you know what is my standout moment from that one? It's when you guys are like, Rio. I don't know why I say that you call him Rio. I know you don't call him Rio, but <laughs> you guys are like, Rio. 
so this song that you wrote, we thought that was like uh, an, a part two of All Night Diner. And he was like, Just south of knowing huh? why. Just south of knowing that was it. And he was like, huh, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, it could be. <laughs> okay, so our podcast was kind of built around early Taylor career and unreleased music. So it seems like we should ask you what your favorite unreleased song is, if you have one. A hard question, Mark. That's- that was quick. <laughs> and also doesn't count. Oh, fuck's sake. Um... <laughs> He's doing this. Do you know what he does? He does this to me. He'll send me a message like, hi, Rachel, I haven't heard from you in a really long time. I just want to talk about how back in December is about Harry Styles and I heart question mark is unreleased. <laughs> like, he'll just send me that. And like, because he knows that like me five years ago would have been there's like, else. Oh, there's one, there's one like more, there's something else. There's one more that really browns it off. It's gone out of my head now. Is I it yeah, what? When? Oh, is it a like beautiful yeah, or something, isn't it? Yeah. Could be, yeah. Uh, I can't remember now. There's definitely, there's a couple actually. I may go back through the texts, Rachel, and see which ones use. Because I use them to get her attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? she, she just won't answer the text unless she sees like That's was not speaking true. I just turn everything on mute. Do you remember our friend from like five years ago? Yeah. Um, when she got uh, a secret session and she like met Taylor, went to her house, yada, yada. Great. Oh. Really, really cool that was. And then I remember like she did a live stream and someone was like, What's your favorite unreleased Taylor song? And she like genuinely with her chest was like, Girl at home. And, I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> and every time I look at her, I like met her. I was this that one I was tractored. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you how not unreleased it is. It was too on a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to answer your actual original question, there's a good few that I like, but really randomly, one that Keep I keep waking up, but it's stuck in my head. Is her cover of uh, "I'm Every Woman"? That one. That, that, that's an absolute tune. It's absolutely terrible. Rio, Rio did not leak that for everybody's information. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard like all the way through that episode, but Taylor's dad Scott accused Rio of leaking that and like called him. I was like, "You gotta take it down, Rob." <laughs> and he was like, "It wasn't me." <laughs> Drama, yeah. No, I don't care who leaked it now. I think um, whoever's lost, what or poor old Taylor Sad's lost my gain. Um, <laughs> Scott Smith lost <laughs> my gain. But wasn't it meant to be for a movie or something originally? I wonder what movie oh, it was. About this? Graham, Graham, can we go back a second? Yeah. Because I don't think we can count her cover of "I'm Every Woman" as an unreleased song. No, we can't. Sorry, so you still haven't answered the question. Okay, well my next, my next, because uh, I did like I do have a list. Um, the next one, I don't think it's going to count either, and it's one that I've also sent Rachel, which is her cover of um, Nashville from like was it? No, we're not having that. We're not even. It's in, you see, this, that this the thing. This no. thing is, I have, I just have just a, aged have, ten years. Um, I regret ever inviting him on this podcast. <laughs> But I've definitely sent that duration for me, like, oh, I found Nashville. She's like, what? <laughs> yeah, other than that. Uh, but yeah, because, sorry, what I'm saying is they're all, all those songs just on, um, like, an album that I put on an MP3 player that's called Unreleased Songs. So, um, you make me sick. So, like, I'm just going to say 13 Blocks. That, that's my favourite unreleased song. Redeemed. 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 None, 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 of, none of the other ones count. I wish that was on the Fearless Vault, even though the Fearless Vault was like 99%, like 2005 songs. 13 Blocks, really, really good. Should have been on Fearless Vault. I don't particularly like it, but it might be. Oh, really? Sorry. I think it's cool. I like it. I feel like all your favourites are my least favourites. That's because you're tasteless. 
No, I think she just has a lot of different like subgenres, and everyone's kind yeah. of into. Amy well, is very like... much like a yeehaw subgenre. Molly, you're not as yeehaw subgenre. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm yeehaw subgenre. I'm proud of that. I don't really. I'm I'm quite a yeehaw subgenre too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I Molly, quite like um, not I like ten dollars and six pack now. I never used to like that one. Good. I love that. And... What was that lyric like? I said, let them say we're crazy. You said, let's go fishing tonight. Like, <laughs> that's a good one. That is like, that I love meme. it. It's like the meme of that girl in a supermarket with the peas on her head and it like says, she's so crazy. Yeah, but no <sighs> one's like saying it's like like the best writing ever. It's just like <laughs> cheesy, you know? It is. Like, I like it. Just feel good. So you're going with 13 blocks? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, I'm I respect it. I, uh, I'm still laughing at one time I was listening to this podcast um, I don't know when it's, it's I've gone now but um, it was like uh, you were like Molly it was like Amy you were, you said before your favourite song on Speak Now was Superman and oh God, like, yeah, like, the ages ago. and you were just like it doesn't matter like Amy that's fucked up it doesn't matter it's okay to like Superman it's okay for it to be your favourite no it's not oh, it's I was really child. Child. No, it's not that bad. It's yeah. not that bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm far away. Like I'll never let you go. Wait till get out. I'm love struck and looking out the window. I like. Can it. I just can I just interject and ask Rachel if there's any Taylor song she doesn't like? Because everything we I we come up version. with, it's, it's Rachel being like devil's advocate. Like <laughs> actually, okay. that's fine. I do, like do you know what? I don't like Mad Woman that much. <laughs> what oh, songs you can pick? I don't know. I what, like... what what are all of your worst songs? Go on. Oh Jesus! But perfectly good heart. Yeah, I feel like I, I don't feel like it. I have any hot takes on this. No, like, there's nothing that basic. I'm like. I can never I slander like... the debut. I think I just got even perfectly good heart. Really, you just have to take it all as one. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. I feel like it's only it's like baby. It's, nostalgic it's like enough baby like... Taylor. Yeah, it's like. Mm. I don't okay. really like want to bully a child, you know, so I don't yeah. stand at the debut. In, I in love bullying children. Uh, anyway, on popular opinion, I'm not the biggest fan of White Horse. There you go. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that is unpopular. That's, yeah. okay. that, I think that's my only unpopular one. I feel like Amy will agree with my opinion here. There's a lot of tracks on 1989 yeah. that I just, they're not lovers for me. Like, Welcome oh, yeah. to New York. Yeah. That really reminds me of Welcome to Duloc from Shrek. Um, I like <laughs> it. Like, it's a bop, but... It's not something that I'd put on an album per se, but I, I respect it. Out of the Woods, Grown On Me Now, especially when it got the music video. But in the beginning, yeah. I was like going from Agreed. red out of the woods. I was like a bit repetitive. Um, Bad Blood. Yeah, it's good. It's all right. Again, same with Shake It Off. It's all right. It's not our best. Um, I Look, I really like I Know Places, but it just doesn't hit. It just doesn't scratch the itch for me. Really yeah. good lyrics. The whole tape recorder at the start, fucking love it. But I it's don't know why, missing. but for me, it's just doesn't scratch the mark. There's a few really good standouts in my day nine, like Wildest Dreams is one of them. Um, style, obviously, Blank Space, All You Had to Do Was Stay, New Romantics, especially Wonderland, Pure Crack. Um, but there's a few that just feel like very 2D compared to the rest mm. of the whole, this, compared to Fearless, that's like 3D, 4D, 5D. A lot of 1989, in my opinion, is like 2D. I, I've never really tried to rank her albums or her songs or anything. I've not really thought about it that much. Feel Me neither. 1989 last. I just, 
I just, fearless is like pure it. poetry. Fearless is so, yeah. so good. Well, it, it is that. It is good, yeah. but I just feel like it's not. I don't know. I have a theory what? that your favorite Taylor Swift album correlates the age you are versus the age she was when you wrote it. Do you think? But then, for like, me, but then it, it would change over time. time. That's what I. But was it does. Yeah. yeah, it does change. Like mine when change. I was in high school, Never. mine was debut. Like it for the longest time, mine really was debut. And then right when I was like 18, like 17, I was like, finally, like, Fearless is the best album I've ever heard. And then it really did change to speak now. And then Red, I, I'm having trouble connecting with 1989. <laughs> 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 but, um, I suppose you'd like relate yeah. to the lyrics more, but like you might, yeah. I don't think I'd like jump from, you know, speak now kind of style of music to like rap style of music and be like, oh, rap is now my favorite album because I'm that age. Yeah. Mm. Like the lyrics kind of well, gradual, of it's gradual. <laughs> yeah, it's just a theory. Look, I'm not saying it's a fact. It's just have they oh, seen a hundred humans on Netflix? We should try it on that. It's like no one's seen it. Never mind. Okay. No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I know exactly you. what you're talking about. No. Yeah. And to be fair, it does work because mine is red at the moment, and I'm that age. So that's just because red's come out again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Actually, no. I think I did say it was red before she even announced that it was. Being really I don't buy I it. think I just like the depressing stuff. Okay, so we did kind of move away from the unreleased topic, but if we do circle back to that, we want to know what your ethical stance is on unreleased music and listening to it because I feel like it's very divisive in the fandom. Some people are very against it. They think it's betraying Taylor, yada yada yada. We're obviously not against it because we have a podcast dedicated to it, but what is your opinion? You just put uh, like my answer, your answer into my mouth now, I feel like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. Personally, I I don't know. I kind of, I like listening to unreleased songs anyway, to be honest. But um, also I noticed that so many of her unreleased songs, like they're basically all just ancient. Like they're all from like 2005, 2006. And if there was a serious problem with them, sure she would have said by now. Do you know what I mean? It's not like somebody's leaking like songs from upcoming albums or whatever. Um, it doesn't happen too much, so um, yeah, so I don't know, don't have that much problem. I d- and I think, as well, like, as far as I know from what Rachel has said, anyway, is that she, is, she seems like she doesn't really mind that much. Is that true? Because obviously, it kind of does come down to like how she would feel about it because it's her, her, you know, it's her music. I just think that with, with the vaults, she's shown that it being leaked in the past doesn't really impact whether or not she's going to release it in the future. But again, think about songs like Sparks Fly. If that was never leaked, it would never have ended up on Speak Now four years later. And she spoke about how she didn't think much of the song when she wrote it and performed it like once. But the fans were the ones that made her be like, yes, girl, like put this on an album. It's just my opinion. I think I think it did used to bother mm-hmm. her. I remember Leanne saying... yeah. I can't remember the oh, really? conversation. Yeah, in the very it was a bit like well, probably she when she's got like one or two like pre debut post oh. yeah. Yeah, and I guess that kind of makes sense because it was being leaked when it could go on an album. But I think now it just yeah. doesn't matter. I, think, I think the only people who who are ethically against it, weirdly, are the people who have it all. Steve. It's people like Steve and that kind of group of people who have it and don't share it because they think it's immoral. Everyone else like, it needs to be protected, even though they paid someone to leak it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know where Steve gets his money because it sure as hell ain't from his band. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. We want to say a massive thank you to Graham for joining us on this episode. And of course, thanks to all of you for listening. 
Don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content and we'll see you again next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast. 